1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: On a Wednesday, we turn our attention to those developments in Israel and more broadly across the Middle East because Israel figures highly in the history of the world, past, present, and into the future. So, why wouldn't we keep an eye on those events as they begin to develop there? And there's been some significant things that have been happening. Ron Ross is across the headlines, back with us once again. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Hey Ron, let's start with some attention around the latest election and world leaders have been congratulating Benjamin Netanyahu on his election victory. Yes,
1: the US President Biden called Likud leader Netanyahu on Monday, six days after the Israeli election. And let me tell you, the Israeli media made a point that it took six days. Biden said his congratulations and according to Netanyahu's spokesman said, we're brothers, we'll make history together. Netanyahu said to Biden, we can bring about more historic agreements between Israel and Arab states. They're within our reach. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that Biden reaffirmed the strength of the bilateral partnership and underscored his unwavering support for Israel's security. Netanyahu spoke with Ukrainian President Zelensky soon after. Zelensky congratulated Netanyahu on his election victory, Netanyahu's spokesman said. They had a warm and personal conversation, and Netanyahu said he will consider the Ukrainian matter seriously after he enters office. The UK, uh, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak congratulated Netanyahu, writing on Twitter across areas like Trade, security and technology, there's a huge amount our countries can do together. And I look forward to working with the returning Prime Minister. French President Macron called Netanyahu and invited him to Paris. The two plan to discuss regional challenges, the foremost of which is Iran, Netanyahu said on Twitter.
0: Well, I don't think you'll have a difficult time fitting in back on the world stage, uh, but the new Netanyahu coalition, Ron, uh, will have little diversity and there are some minorities that are concerned. What are the headlines here?
1: Yeah, this is reporting from uh, Jerusalem, and they're saying there'll be no Arabs, very few women, and a small representation from the LQBTQ community, in the new Netanyahu-led right-wing government coalition. The path to a right-wing government led by Prime Minister Netanyahu became clear last week when the results of the national election became final. Netanyahu's Likud party, together with two ultra-Orthodox parties and the Nationalist Religious Zionism uh, Zionism Alliance, won a clear majority with 64 of the 120 seats in Israel's parliament known as the Knesset. Netanyahu already has started holding informal coalition negotiations through the official process, and uh, it's pretty rocky, let me tell you. President Herzog will receive the official election results later this week. He will then task the candidate, most likely to form a government with doing so. It's a difficult road ahead for Netanyahu, uh, the coalition could be a struggling one, and we'll be watching it with great interest. Uh,
0: it's never been easy, as I understand it. So, some challenges ahead in forming that coalition and how they are then representative of uh, those minorities who are concerned, as you say. Hey, Ron, let's turn our attention to Iran and a headline that says the US launched warplanes after Iran threatened Saudi Arabia. What's this one about?
1: Yeah, isn't that challenging? The US Central Command recently launched warplanes towards Iran from their base in the Persian Gulf after receiving reports that the country was preparing to attack Saudi Arabia. The scrambling of the jets comes after Riyadh warned the US that Iran was planning an attack against both Saudi Arabia and Iraq. In response to the credible threat of Iranian ballistic missile and drone attacks, the U.S. military raised their alert level, with the White House National Security Council saying that it was concerned about the threat. While the U.S. did confirm the initial Wall Street Journal report, the White House declined to comment on more recent developments and the reported launching of the U.S. warplanes.
0: Another one here, Israel President Isaac Herzog inaugurated the Israel Pavilion at the COP27 summit in Egypt. Uh, What are the headlines reporting here?
1: Yeah, he inaugurated Israel's first ever pavilion at the COP27 conference in Sharm el-Sheikh. At the event, he gave a speech saying that Israel is committed to the global effort to combat climate change. This is a subject that is above politics, and above borders. It might be the only subject to unite the entire humankind, Herzog said. He met with King Abdullah II of Jordan during his visit, and he said we discussed trilateral Israel-UAE-Jordan cooperation on energy and water, as well as the Southern Jordan Rehabilitation Project. The Climate Conference is an historic event in humanity's most important struggle Saving the planet's climate, Herzog said. The climate is at the top of the states of Israel's priorities. It's connected to the future of our children and future generations. We must do everything to do our part to save humankind, Herzog added.
0: And uh, turning our attention to the UK, where the BBC has apologised for ignoring anti-Semitic anti-Israel content and program errors. What have they said, Ron?
1: I find this very alarming because we rely on the media for a lot of information, and this is misinformation. The BBC has apologised for its year-long record, years-long record, of ignoring complaints about anti-Israel bias and anti-Semitic in its Arab language department. The apology comes more than a year after media monitoring group Camera accused the BBC of normalising Jew hate in 26 separate instances during its coverage of Israel's war with Gaza-based terror groups in May 2021. BBC responses to Israel-related complaints have taken up to a year, with many ignored entirely. In many cases, even when there was acknowledgement of factual errors, bias, No corrections on air were issued. The BBC's complaint system is unable to meet its own standards when it comes to content in Arabic about Israel and Jews, a spokesperson for camera said. The BBC's own rules that states that complaints were addressed within 10 working days. That was not honoured. Earlier this year, a top British rabbi resigned from the BBC after 30 years citing the broadcasters' incurable anti-Semitism.
0: Well, let's count that as a positive, that there has actually been an apology. Uh, Ron, let's finish on a note. Christian leaders, they've condemned attacks on a church near Bethlehem. What's the detail here?
1: Yeah, they condemned an attack on an Orthodox church in Bethsahea, near Bethlehem, and called on the Palestinian Authority to bring the assailants to trial. During the attack, dozens of Muslim men hurled stones at the church, injuring a number of people. In a statement, a church leader said the attack came after a quarrel between some young men. Archbishop Atalahana, of the Greek Orthodox Patriarchate of Jerusalem, strongly condemned the assault, dubbing it an unprecedented phenomenon. What happened in Bethsaher? distorts the image of our people and harms civil peace and the good relationship that binds us as the sons of the Palestinian people, and has said, the church is not a place for settling accounts, fomenting sedition, and undermining the unity of our people. What happened in Betzahar was horrific, he went on to say." <laughs>
0: Well, always good getting our heads around the headlines as they are breaking this week. Ron Ross, thanks so much for gathering those and delivering them today and really appreciate you being with us once again on 2020.
1: Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision
0: Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.